0: Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there on Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Do I sound okay? I hope I sound okay. I did a sound check earlier. It seemed to sound all right to me, but it's different. So because with change, you never really know how it comes across. And I'm always looking for feedback. And if you've listened to the show for a while at cryptotalkradio.net, you know that I've tussled with audio. And if you're new, welcome, by the way. I've struggled with audio, not because it's hard, but simply because it's a, it's a money investment. Not only this, but it's a time investment too. just study and understand the nuances of audio quality and to get your audio to sound good in certain avenues, right? So if you have a noisy room, or something else, or a neighbor that doesn't shut up, or or a neighbor that's getting theirs, right? But if you got something going on, you got to deal with that stuff. And then things like your air conditioner, which is a problem, or I mean, when I was traveling, when I had to drive up to where I am now, that was, you know, I had to, I had to make do because I didn't have my full audio equipment. It was a pain to get set up, and I did the best I could, and those episodes don't sound great at all. I'm hoping this one sounds good. Here's what happened. The other day, now, just to preface, most podcasters of a certain level or greater are gonna use a device from a company called Zoom or they'll use some other, but Zoom is one of the big ones, right? For some of these, right? So when you get the Zoom, there's a bunch of different models. There's the portable model, which is what Jake again really should have been using at the failed November 13th Vegas event for Saitama to properly capture the audio that he's doing without disruption of the noise background. I digress. I had a desktop model and the only reason I had it was because it's the best way to support XLR microphones. XLR microphones are the production level microphones. They're the performance microphones. They're the quality microphones. That's all I do. I don't do the USB microphones because I think they're crap, almost to a T. And I have a lot of microphones. I think I have about five microphones. Some of them I've had for decades that I, you know, for singing or something else. The one I have right now, I had recently purchased and I was really impressed with the audio quality. It's an audio technica that people had trashed online. But when I tried it, I'm like, man, this thing is amazing. Deep, deep. When you're dealing as a podcaster with troublesome or challenging environments, you know, an air conditioner running off or, you know, your neighbor next door is getting his deep deep right or whatever. There's just noise or like in my case, I was disrupted when I had to move. There's all sorts of things you got to think about, and I was trying to perfect the audio quality. That took a lot of time, a lot of money, invest. I invest a lot of money in the hardware that I'm currently surrounded by. As I look around, it was thousands of dollars, but it was nowhere close to somebody else that recently put out a video about how much their setup cost them, and I speculate that person's getting ripped off. I digress. Point is, my little device here that served me well It died two years to the day from when I bought that damn thing. I bought it. So it died yesterday. I had bought it January 31st of 2022. And I was really pissed. It died two years to the freaking day. It just literally, it was on. And then it just, and then it was off. And it wouldn't turn back on. Nothing I did mattered. It just didn't care. So I had to expedite and get a replacement device. And this is a Pyle, P-Y-L-E, unit. This is used by upper level podcasters. And it's, you know, it's a decent device, but the audio is way different from what I'm used to with my other guy, where i had gotten kind of used to the way it made my voice sound. This one, it makes me sound a little bit different. It's not bad, but I got to get used to it. Then I had to get used to all the little bells and whiz bangs on this business, having no time because I needed to make sure I recorded the show today. So I had to expedite it. I ordered it from Amazon. Well, these jokers, I had two orders. One was for some cabling because I upgraded my network and that's a different story. The other was for this guy, the idiots for the cabling. He said, he, yeah, I tried to deliver and couldn't get in the door. And I'm like, there's no way you couldn't get in the door. The door is wide open 24 hours a day. Well, I tried to go over to the whatever. He went to the wrong freaking building because they take it to a central dump. It's a, it's a dump, basically, and toss it into a room where I don't want it there because it just gets lost. And I'm not going to be trying to find my freaking thing when I'm already here. It's like, bring it here. Dial the number on the box. I'll come down and get it. So he marked it as, I can't deliver it. I, boy, boy, I read Amazon, the riot act over that business. They did re-deliver it. She came, she did a great job. She rung and she waited for me and hold on. That's what they needed to do. So I got the wiring and I got to get that swapped out on the other side, but I got the pile unit. I got him set up and that's what I'm recording on now. So let's hope cross fingers that it doesn't wig out on me like the other one did. I'll already give it kudos for identifying what appears to be a power surge issue with one of my other devices, where for whatever reason, when it's plugged in, it's just a little USB thing for my keyboard and mouse, and then I use it for SD cards. And apparently that was drawing too much power from my USB deal, because when this was plugged in, the the little LED was flickering. I'm like, okay, that's not right. I unplug that one device, and all it does is take USB, small USB devices, and an SD card and it was just completely drawing too much power, and I didn't know it. That explains issues I was having with something else. So this pile has already paid for itself in just getting magically set up. The other nice thing about it that I didn't think through, it has two microphone outs where the other one had one. And when I start getting the video back up, the microphone I'm going to use for that one is going to be across the room versus the one I'm recording on now. So that gives me the flexibility of not having to move this microphone every time I want to go live. That's amazing. I have to buy another one of the microphone I'm on, this Audio Technica. But the fact that I got this guy means I'm ready. I'm closer. I shouldn't say ready. I'm closer to getting on the video again. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you see. It's just, there's fine points and I'm very picky about what this looks like. And then I got to set up my software again that I haven't touched in like a year. So I'm almost ready to get on video. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk cryptocurrency as I do, but I'm also going to talk about a, some fiasco that I saw earlier today because I thought it's worth talking about. And I, you know, if you have, if you have insight or thoughts, I'd love to hear it. CryptoTalkRadio.net, hit the contact form. Otherwise, I don't know what to think about this business. I, I suspect it's just a matter of either the guy's getting ripped off or he's lying. I mean, I, because I can't think of anything else because it just, I, I know what this is and I see his setup and I know my setup and I know for damn well, my setup is in terms of technology is more advanced than his, but I look at his and I'm like, there's no way. So I'm going to talk about that because there's got to be something there that I'm missing. And anybody who has any insight, I'd love to hear that also. I'm going to be talking about the red, the sea of red and cryptocurrency that you're seeing that probably doesn't make any damn sense. There's a couple of catalysts that I can explain what happened. Some of them I can't explain, but some of them I think I have some theories as to what might be going on. Oakley, doakley, cross fingers that I sound good. Let's hope so. I will work as hard as I can to restore, if it doesn't, the quality that you expect Let's dig into some numbers for cryptocurrency. We're going to start with Coindesk.com, and we're going to zoom out to the month chart, and as expected, there's a recovery in the dip that we saw very recently, looking at Bitcoin to start with. Dipped all the way down beneath the 40,000 mark, has now recovered back to the 43,000 mark with a very strong upward signal, a low of 41.8, a high of 43.4-ish, hovering currently at 43,000, again, trending significantly back up from the losses that happened very very recently. However, I would still point you again to the total market cap across cryptocurrency because the total market cap in all cryptocurrency is very volatile at the moment. And so you cannot necessarily expect that this run is going to be a strong run until that stabilizes. The total market cap was fluctuating. If you recall, and if you're new, you wouldn't know this. That's why I'm repeating it. Total market cap was all the way as high as $1.72 trillion. Just recently, it was as low as 1.54 trillion dollars. That's a significant amount of money flowing back out of cryptocurrency. As I record this, is back up to 1.64 trillion dollars. So there's some recovery which is contributing to the run-up of Bitcoin and other tokens. I'm warning you though, it is possible that we dip back down again, so I would stress be careful with whatever it is that you're doing because there's no guarantees with this business. There's also some news that is causing some sentiment issues, I speculate, and this may contribute with what we're seeing on some of the price movement. Very most recently, there was a breach. There was actually a couple of breaches. One of the breaches happened a while ago. The other breach happened very recently. We're going to talk about the one that happened very recently, which was XRP. XRP's breach wrecked, quote unquote, a lot of people, R-E-K-T, a lot of people. So with the XRP business, a lot of people have been generally bullish about XRP and expecting it to go up because of chatter that XRP was going to be used with international financial transfer operations. What happened is that there was a large-scale breach of over $4.2 million worth of XRP tokens. Binance, as in Binance.com, stepped in and eventually froze those tokens to prevent those transfers. Apparently, I didn't see this, but apparently, this came through a very elaborate scheme to get this breach. There was a there was access to personal XRP accounts that got breached. It was a very large-scale deal. When you think about the nature of other breaches, you don't expect something like this. You don't expect that multiple of the personal wallets would be breached. You don't expect that this amount of money would be breached. And, of course, if you're new, you've never heard me say that Leicester at CryptoTalkRadio.net accepts the mantle of being tinfoil when these things happen roughly around the same time as we're anticipating a run-up where it seems all kind of sketchy to see all of these behaviors that cause a negative price sentiment right around the time that we expect a run-up and we predict a run-up and right when we're about to break out something else happens that crashes the business at some point folks I just want you to get my credit because you've got to notice the pattern here you've got to notice that there's a lot of damn sketchy business happening right at the same time that these run-ups are about to happen. How can it be that there's all these major critical events that happen all at the same time or near the same time? And if you haven't noticed, they always involve Binance, XRP, SEC, those three. It's guaranteed every single time. It's the, or Elon Musk. It's guaranteed. So At some point, you've got to acknowledge the pattern here and join the tinfoil bandwagon because it cannot be coincidence. It happens too clean, too consistent, too much of a pattern, too frequent to be nothing more than just random whatever coincidence. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. You're never going to sell me on that business. It is what it is. The other thing that was contributing to some of this dump was a lot of sell-off, a lot of the crap tokens that are out there, so a lot of the garbage that's out there. So, for example, Pepe, which is one of those meme tokens that came out of nowhere, spiked up to billions of dollars in its market cap, is now having a hard time as whales, these were whales this time, cash out of it. It's not that it was a scam, it was simply that a bunch of whales cashed out of it. The vast majority of wealth that we see in cryptocurrency is simply shifted from project to project, as we know. So the strong probability with these is that they're cashing out their Ethereum on this garbage token over here, and they're buying into some Solana-based garbage token because the Solana-based garbage tokens are the current popular spinning around. Meanwhile, the price for Pepe took a significant hit due to this because, of course, the whales were the ones getting it up to that point. Pepe jumped. It jumped a lot. So millions are flowing out of this. Now, if you are in, Pepe, and you are one holding it, I can't tell you what to do with your money. I'm going to repeat what I said before. And if you're new, this is the first time you're hearing it. Advice from me that likely contradicts what you have heard elsewhere. I've always said, please make sure you are taking your profits on the way up as a recommendation, as opposed to the trap that I believe holding happens to be. The idea you're going to make get it all the way up to a million. The volatility is too high. There's too much fickleness in cryptocurrency, especially when these garbage tokens, and now that they saw, we could just spin up a garbage token on Solana. We can just spin up a garbage token on Tron. I just saw that the other day. We'll just spin up a garbage token on Avalanche. We'll just spin up a garbage token on this and a garbage token on this. That's all they're going to do is spin up garbage tokens on different chains. And then FOMO kicks in where they're going to just jump over to that one. They're not investing new money. In these other garbages, they're taking money, robbing Peter to pay Paul to get over into this one. That then does what? It wrecks you if you're on a hold strategy. That's why I'm recommending that you don't just hold long-term. It's a more of a casino than it's ever been from my lens. And I wouldn't want anybody listening to my show getting ripped off because people can't hold (laughs) and don't want to. I just, I feel like they just simply don't want to hold anymore like they might've done before. And I would remind you Pepe never had and never wanted to have any sort of utility. So as long as it doesn't have anything that convinces somebody to keep it and trade it, what, what's the incentive? What's the incentive for somebody to do something like this where they can just jump over to some garbage like bonk, make a quick buck, and go on to the next one? See, the trap is that those people doing that, they know what it is that I'm now trying to impart to you, which is that you're not really supposed to hold, and that holding is a trap. You're actually supposed to take profits on the way up Move on to the next one. Don't have any loyalty to any project. They're not loyal to you. They may tell you that they are. They're not really loyal to you. We should have learned. Remember, Tatano doesn't exist anymore. Tatano was one of the big ones. It's toast. Drip might as well be toast. Libero's toast. Libera is now toast. Thorium might as well be toast. They're not loyal. Green chart. They're not loyal to you, so you should not be loyal to them. Use it as a profit opportunity. Take what you can get. Move on to the next one because that's the reality, unfortunate though it may be, of cryptocurrency now. That said, if you're a gambler and you want to hold because you think it'll go to a million, no problem. If you treat it like a lottery ticket, no problem. It's your money. I can't tell you what to do. I'm saying, just so you have it from my mouth so you can come back and get my credit, I'm saying it, it's on record in audio. My stance is always take profit on the way up Take whatever segments of profit that you can on the way up and move on. Don't have any loyalty to it. Make sure that you're constantly taking that money and recouping, most importantly, recoup whatever you put in and then try to make a profit off of it and that's it. Don't, I would not recommend trying to get a long play unless if you're that true gambler on a lottery ticket that you hope will be a lottery ticket. If that's you, great, but you'll hear me never, ever advocate that type of a stance. Speaking of which of that danger that I'm referring to commercial real estate's having a hard time on an older episode. I talked about how it felt like we were en route to another bubble in the real estate market, in the larger economy. It felt like we were going to be en route to some troubling times. The commercial real estate numbers don't look good. A number of banks are, are struggling right now, believe it or not. You might be wondering, how is it that the banks can be struggling after taxpayers basically bailed them out multiple times? because the bailouts were never gonna solve the problem. Sometimes the bank has to fail because they simply don't have it. And if you bail them out, all they're doing is pumping that money to their shareholders. When you saw Wells Fargo and that John Stump idiot where they were basically cramming services that nobody asked for on customers' accounts, that was your money used to fund that and to pay those sales reps to do that. That's all that did. And then he lied in front of Congress about what he was doing. He's out of there now, I believe, But the point is the damage is already done. When we saw something like a Wachovia, right, or a Washington Mutual literally shut down, close. the downstream negative of this is that you have less banks available for people like you and myself. As it stands, like the place I'm at, I was shocked. You can't even really find a Bank of America out here, much less a Chase. That was surprising. Everything is either a community type bank, a credit union, or one major bank that's regional. And that's it. But you don't like if I were on the West Coast, you you'd struggle not to see a chase. I remember when I was in Washington State, there was a chase right up the street, and then there was a chase right down the road, literally, you know, a mile apart. Like why? <laughs> because that's just the nature of that growth. When Chase took over, and I believe Chase took over Wakovia, if I recall, I, I might have that wrong. Chase, no, Chase took over Wamu. When Chase took this over, when Chase took it over. They kept some of those buildings. They started shutting them down, but at the time, they kept some of those buildings. Bank of America, and I'm pretty sure they took over Wachovia, kept some of those buildings. So they never consolidated any of this because they figured, okay, well, we got the customers. Let's just hang on to this business. Well, what's happening now, and I'll give you the excuses that they gave. New York Community Bank Corp was one of the largest one. It had a, it basically rug pulled. It wasn't a rug pull by definition because it wasn't like it was a malicious or anything. But my definition of a rug pull is, in this case, not developers, but the the owners or the managers of the bank. If they did something where money was made available and then not made available, that's a rug pull by definition. It's a very generic term that says value was lost due to something that the managers did or didn't do. Simple. So this lost about 40% of its value, this New York Community Bank Corp, a net loss of $252 million for the fourth quarter. They're specifically on the commercial real estate sector. Now, the important thing about this is they were one of the ones that actually saved Signature Bank when Signature Bank was struggling last year. That was a mistake, in my opinion, when they're like some of these banks, they weren't in a position to be able to absorb these other banks. And when this one started to pull in all those assets and try to grow and expand, I think they just went the wrong route. This doesn't directly tie to cryptocurrency, but it impacts cryptocurrency in one key way. That is rates, R E I T that you may invest in. And these are part of portfolios. Are they when they're part of portfolios, they may be commingled potentially with what ETFs, ETFs. As we saw, there's Bitcoin ETFs that may be not always, but might be part of portfolios, larger portfolios that are shares, that are extended to people, and so the value, the net value is going to be lower, which impacts you as it comes down to your portfolio. It all connects down together, so I'm calling it out because there may be an impact on your portfolio, and it may be one of the many reasons you're seeing some red across the board. It's not just cryptocurrency, and I want to be clear that that's what I see. Also, in Japan, there was the Azura Bank. This is um, over $50 billion in assets that they had They just recently had a crash, and I think that was just today, it was down 20%. So I had speculated and I theorized that we were en route to another crisis on the banking side because it felt like another bubble. I said that it was getting really, the prices of things were getting out of control, it was getting harder to get access to certain assets, some of these are making it too hard to get access to things, salary is not where it is, I actually just saw another article that said, job cuts are creeping back up again, And then Joe Biden went on the air. I didn't see this, but people were attacking him on X. Apparently, he went on the air and was making some kind of allusion to bombing Iran or something. Now, then people dug up old messages when he was campaigning. This is 2020. He said that he was never going to just use military strength unless he absolutely had to. And when he was senator way back in the days, we're talking ages ago, when he was senator, he threatened the then president, and I forget which one it was, but he threatened the president basically saying, If you go to, if you bomb Iran like that, I'm going to impeach you. Now his words are coming back to bite him. That caused a negative sentiment because now you got a warmonger, essentially, because, geez, you've got Ukraine off over there and Russia. You got this business over here. You got the Hamas situation over there. You got the the, the plane, right, with the ones got killed over there. Like there's so many getting killed under Biden's control and his command, and then back home, our kids can't half read, we can't take care of homeless. The West Coast is a mess and a nightmare. The The states are divided. You're talking the Texas business with the barbed wire and seceding from the union. And everything is jacked up under this regime to where he doesn't have any allies. Look, Kamala has gone into hiding. It's that bad. So that is creating. So you got all these different factors that are kind of falling apart all at once, just on domestic shores. I haven't even talked about all the stuff that's happening in the UK because it's it, there's too much and I don't have enough in the episode to d- dig in. My point is, there's a lot that's going south and it's all kind of contributing together. All I said was I'm tenfold about the timing of all these different events happening all at the same time because it just doesn't make any damn sense that it can happen all at the same time. That's all I was saying in my personal opinion. Another cryptocurrency exchange is shutting the shutting the doors, killing the business. OPNX, which I had never heard of, but apparently this was a spawn-off from Three Arrows Capital, which is part of other fiascos, but this exchange is going to be shutting down. They sent out a message, quote, OPNX.com will officially cease operations and close in February, that's now, 2024. <laughs> Please close all of your positions before 11 a.m. on February 7th, so that gives you a week if you're in OPNX.com and withdraw all funds from your account before February 14th. So I'm sharing that in case, I don't know that anybody listening to the show is in OPNX, but if you are, then you should definitely be getting your assets out as quickly as you can, because I can't tell you what's going to happen to your money should you not do so. Coinbase very recently decided to reduce fees to attract some high volume traders, 60 days of no free trading to customers who trade over $500,000 a month on another platform. Now, I want to talk about this. So, it's it's not what you think. What they're trying to do is they're trying to poach traders who tra- they transact a lot elsewhere. They want to try to get those people over. Coinbase's fees are outrageously high. I didn't, you know, I didn't trade on that side of it where I was affected. I can tell you that their regular fee on the simple side is a joke and that's part of the reason I killed killed it. But I know on the pro side, it has certain fees that are a little bit less and it's not as reliable and their pro side, I think, sucks, frankly, compared to other ones like a KuCoin. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to poach those to get back over there. Do I think it's going to be successful? Absolutely not. Because I don't think the vast majority of them it's around the trading fees. I think their interface just sucks, and they refuse to fix it. Their support sucks. It literally sucks. So I, that's what I think it is. Aims to boost the exchange's underperforming institutional business in response to recent U.S. approval of Bitcoin ETFs. In other words, they see, basically all these wealthy mother-fathers are going elsewhere. They're not trading on Coinbase. That's how I was. I was on Coinbase just to basically quote launder as in convert funds. I didn't use it for any other trades. I would go somewhere else. I would trade on KuCoin all you care to. I would trade on BitMart all you care to. I was trading on Gate.io when it was good. I would trade everywhere else, not Coinbase because Coinbase is crap in my opinion. And I've said it multiple times. I actually had people who told me no, I'm fine with Coinbase. I think it's fine. Hey, if it works for you, great, but I think it's crap. And then I had those same people come back and say, what's going on with Coinbase? And you know, for me, it was always that way. It's just, it depends on what kind of trader that you are. If you're, once you start trading higher dollar amounts, you see how bad it really is. When you're a low level, it's not that big of a deal, but then they start ripping you off. Like when they blocked my account for no reason, they let me withdraw all I care to, you know, to a bank all I care to, but I couldn't deposit, which made no sense faces competition and pressure from wall street firms and has seen a 30% decline in its institutional business revenue year over year, a 30% decline. That's got to be a wake up call to a lot of people. It's got to be telling you you're you're it's not, it's not us. It's your service. Your service sucks. And that's what I've been saying. And I was trying to tell them, I actually sent them feedback to try to help them out. Your service sucks. Your customer service sucks. Your platform sucks. The way you do things suck. Your tools suck. You're not advancing these things. So yes, you're going to lose some business. And I'm going to say, I wish and I hope that they lose even more business. That's not hating on them. It is they refuse to change. They're not changing the underlying issues and saying, okay, we should not be just arbitrarily blocking accounts for no damn reason. We shouldn't have it where the balance shows wrong and it says you got money that you really don't. We shouldn't be charging basically a 15% fee every time you try to buy cryptocurrency. We, sh- we shouldn't do these disincentives to using our platform. We need to fix it to where it's actually welcoming to use our services, and we refuse to do that because we are in the bubble. Those people are in the bubble. That egghead, the bald guy, uh, Jamie, whatever his name is, he's an idiot, and he's leading it down a bad path. They don't understand. So they're going to keep on doing and throwing stuff against the wall, hoping it sticks, and it's not going to work, and I truly hope. I truly, I don't want them to shut down. I want them to fix it. So I'd like somebody to buy them out that has a bit of common sense about it. And that's not Kraken, by the way. I don't know who that would be. I just wish that somebody would acquire them, get that Jamie dude out of there because he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Get somebody in there who understands how to welcome people into cryptocurrency, how to make it accessible, make it easy, and most importantly, take advantage of the current run-ups that we're seeing. A lot of money is ready to run. So when you add all these hoops, they're not going to bite. They're not going to do it. That's what they don't understand. Joe Biden and his administration launches an emergency survey of Bitcoin miners, electricity usage. This goes to the energy usage that I talked about a while ago comes as they think applying their stress on energy grids. I had said there's always stress in the electric grid, not from mining alone. Mining alone is one contributor The rush to EVs is what's really adding stress to our electric grid, and they know that. Notice, they're not doing a survey to monitor the consumption of EV charging. They're not doing a survey to monitor how people may not be actually charging their EVs properly. They're not doing a survey to make sure the EVs are being maintained properly. They're not doing a survey to make sure the charging stations are being taken care of. They're not doing a survey to make sure that the price of electricity is fair to encourage adoption. They're not doing a survey on the real cause of these spikes, which is EV and rushing to EV and all these manufacturers that are rushing away from gas, which is what's causing a necessary strain as people told it was going to happen. They're attacking Bitcoin mining because it's low-hanging fruit. That's what it is. It's low-hanging fruit. They think, well, we could, this is our way to attack cryptocurrency yet again. And see, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. This is the very reason He gets people that are going to turn against him when it comes time for the election because he's attacking the wrong damn thing and supporting the wrong damn thing. The rush to EV contributed to the spikes. They saw a bottom line period point blank. The last thing I'll talk about is this garbage of the Jupiter token. If you don't know about it, kudos to you for not following social media. But the Jupiter token is a Solana-based token. There was an airdrop of this business. They sent a bunch of tokens out. It pumped all the way up. And people took a bunch of money. There was one guy, he became a millionaire off of his drop. But it's just basically giving away a bunch of tokens. It's never gonna have any real, it doesn't have any real use. There's an exchange behind it, certainly, but it's never gonna go beyond what it did. It's already the money's been made. You're already toast and done. If it's the same thing they did with the other Solana token where they just dropped a bunch of tokens simply because you had the Solana phone, I think it was Bonk even. Same thing where they're just it's a gimmick, right? Okay, you're a part of Solana, so we're gonna drop it to you. So if I'm calling it to attention because you might have received a drop, I don't know. You'd have to look, and the only way I know of to look would be getting onto a wallet that is a Solana-based wallet to see if you happen to get an airdrop and then add this Jupiter business to your wallet. But the price of Jupiter as it stands right now, I don't even know if it's worth it. People think it's gonna get back up to a certain level. I don't think that it will. But it's up to you if you want to jump in on that. The last piece that I'm going to talk about, and as it's a wrap-up piece, just more, is around Ben Armstrong, and I'm not going to criticize him. I'm calling to attention something that he said because I don't know. Again, maybe it'll help. I don't think he. I know he doesn't listen. It's fine. So on a so a, on a recent live, he did, he did a live, and then he did a short video. And on the live, I'm going to say this, and it may offend. Him or others, but I'm saying it because I'm a, I, I like to look at body language. As I said about that idiot on Zen crypto, body language, it matters. You can use body language and you can make an assessment of what it is that you're seeing. So on the live, he was, he wasn't his, I wouldn't say he wasn't himself, but he certainly was rattled. There's a lot going on. You know, Cassie's father, I believe passed away and other different things, but he was talking about the, you know, hidden money, this and people coming out. And then he released a regular video, non-live video, that he basically said, you know, people think I'm hiding money, people that I allied with, they're all against me, they're coming after me, you know, somebody's watching me, you know, there's that. And and then he basically said, I'm done streaming. My streaming's done, I'm done with it. And he his his performance, and I'm gonna describe it only as a performance, not knowing for sure that it is acting, but the way he was performing is what I refer to. His performance, it, it convinced people. It convinced people that he was quitting the business and he was done and he had cracked. There were some people that speculated he might even be suicidal. I don't think he's suicidal. I think it was a performance and I think it was performance art. I think he was doing it. It's a It's a fallacy, appeal to emotion, fallacy. What you're doing is you're doing something that appeals to the emotions of those watching and it should engender, you know, sympathy. That's the theory behind what I saw anyway. I didn't see, certainly a lot of what he was saying is actually what happened. I'm referring to his reaction to it and the very visceral nature of it. I don't buy. Could be legit, but I don't buy it. I think there's something there. I think it's performance like Snoop Dogg saying, I'm quitting to smoke. Please uh, give me my privacy at this time. And I said, I don't buy this crap. You know, it's performance. And it turned out it's just a smokeless, you know, Grill or whatever the hell it is. That, that's what I think this is. I think it's it's something that's in the roots. I do think that there's things going on for sure. I'm saying his performance only. Exaggerated. Maybe that's the best word. Exaggerated for what it is. But he said something. He said his to do his stuff, his studio, and I'm going only off of what I saw. And just based on what I saw, he said his setup cost him $25,000 a week, $25,000 a week for that. Even if you look at the old BitBoy crypto setup, there's an alternate angle you could see. It's literally just a board put up behind a thing. Now, obviously, there's rent, right? If you're renting a studio, okay, that's a thing. That's a monthly charge. Okay, it's not a weekly, usually, right? There's staff. Okay, no problem. But usually they're not going to be on the super high end unless it's like the videographer. I didn't see advanced video on this business. and But but his current one, I didn't see that he has any of that stuff. He might have a studio. Let's say it's, I don't know, 3000 to 5000 bucks a month. That's not $25,000 a week. I don't see where there would be staff. I mean, geez, his freaking sign that has his name is just one of those signs you could buy from Amazon for like $30. It's not like, like I didn't see worth of technology in a weekly basis. I didn't see it. If I calculate all of the hardware that I have together, so that's the tower that I built because I built a specific tower for this. This business, I just bought the camera, which is currently not being used. And then I bought a second camera for alts. And then I bought four monitors because I had to do that for a different reason. Scanner, which doesn't apply to the show, but I had to do it for other reasons to get what I needed. Setting up the business, the internet, which I just upgraded to 5 gig internet, by the way. And then I had to buy new hardware for the networking because none of the consumer stuff goes past a gigabit ethernet. So I had to get all new hardware stuff, everything together, everything together, maybe six grand. And I'm, I'm talking maybe, and that's a one-time expense because you buy it and it's, you know. And then if I take my services, right? I've got hosting services. I've got web hosting services. I've got, I'm about to buy Cyberlink service, software service. I've got the podcast stuff. I've got uh, membership things. All of the different services that are monthly or annual services. Even if I add the radio, uh, Cool Tunes radio, no matter what I do, I can't get close to $25,000 even a month, folks. Not even close. Now, I speculate the vast majority of this may be people. But when I look at his presentation, I can't even find that. So if somebody knows, where's that money going? Because again, I speculated either he's getting ripped off, as in somebody's overcharging him for something, salaries are just too damn high, uh, you know, whatever, because None of that translates in what I see. If he's getting ripped off, I mean, geez, we got to fix that, bro. Because, come on, you should be you uh, on a weekly basis. Come on, because you're not going to make anywhere close to that on a YouTube show now. Maybe in the old days, you know, because, but now, hell no. So part of his video, he was talking about the, the decline of views and the decline of likes and everything else. And somebody chimed in and said, well, you're streaming right at the middle of the day. People are at work, dude. All we can do is listen on the way home from work. So I guess it's like early afternoon, like when people are getting off work. So the thought behind the schedule, that affects that. But even if, let's say even if, because Blee's does his at like 8 a.m., like that would drive me nuts because that's when I start my work day, right? I like the evening because usually you're off from work, you're at home with your family or you should be, you know, and it's quiet time. You got your dinner. Right around the dinner table, you turn on my show, and there you go. But there's different time zones. I have people from international shores that have to be mindful of as well. And Ben might be considering that. as He might be considering international schedule. It's a challenge. I still maintain you're not going to get anywhere close to recouping a $25,000 a week expense with YouTube and all the stuff he's doing, which caused people to speculate that that might be the reason that the ben Coin which isn't really a coin, but, you know, was on the tank because the theory was he was dumping and others are dumping to fund what they were doing. My message, and again, I know he doesn't listen to me, my message is this. I'm sorry, I can think of no, as a business owner myself and I got multiple, to, you know, because I got cool tunes, I got radio.net, I got Combat Talk, I got Casual Talk, I got, you know, geez, and then my Endeavor stuff and then all the hardware that I do, there's no, I I see no logical reason that bill on a weekly basis, weekly basis should be higher than maybe $5,000. And that's extreme. That's like, that's like pie in the sky stuff. That's like, even if I look at his video, right? The camera that he uses, I know for a fact he can't possibly be using the same kind of camera that like, uh, Fudney, Rodney, Crypto Journeys uses, which I'm pretty sure he's using a DSLR. I can I can see from the quality of it. Or like uh, Crypto Queen, uh, Tammy. I, like I can see what kind of hardware you're using on the on the physical side and then microphone. His microphone isn't necessarily the greatest. So where's all that money going is my point. It, it, it can only be he's getting ripped off somehow, whether that's just overpaying people because I, it doesn't translate into what I see. I don't know beyond that. I'm putting it out. I, I'm not sold on the 25000 a week and something's going on that should probably be addressed because part of this game is to cons- conserve money, save money, figure out how to pay the lowest amount of money to get stuff done. Hell, I was, I was hesitant for the up to the nth to even buy for Convivo, which is a different service that I'm building that I pay a service fee for. That's, that's our video streaming service that I'm building out. Even Club Vivo, I was hesitant to pay the subscription fee because I wanted what I wanted, but I know what price I was willing to pay. And I was not willing to pay what it was asking. I eventually bit the bullet because I realized it didn't really matter because with my endeavor, even if I were to buy it, I still make crap tons of money and I, I had to stop worrying about it <laughs> to some degree. But No matter what I do, like all the different things that I'm doing, I'm nowhere close to that per week, man. I'm nowhere close to that per month. I'm not. Like, I'm really low on service things. And I would argue audio quality, my audio quality is bar none above what his is doing. When I was doing video, I would argue it was bar none higher than what he's doing now. Like, where is that money going is my question. I don't want to see, even with him, because some may not like him, I don't like to see people get ripped off, Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, obviously it's only money, but you got to think it's not going to last forever, especially because he doesn't, he's currently in the lawsuit business and he's got all sorts of legal stuff going on. The money goes, it, it goes, you, you, you learn to appreciate when the money is no longer flowing like it was before. And I speak from direct experience, 2021 and late 2020 and early 2022, were the worst of my entire life, period, point blank. And again, sometime on Casual Talk, I will tell the story of how bad it got because it got bad. I don't think I've ever in my life been at that level before. And it taught me, okay, I got to step it up in the money savings, money distribution, lower trust, certainly lower trust, and just, you know, the hustle, getting on the hustle, getting on the grind and other streams. Which is why, you know, with my shows, I don't pitch like triad. If, if somebody wants to do it to help out the show, that's cool. If somebody wants to tip to help out the show, that's cool. It's not something I pitch because it's up to the listener. I have to give the quality first. I got to prove I'm worth paying for. The quality's got to be there. And the quality's got to be, if not consistent, on a regular basis, improving beyond what it was. If I'm not doing that, I'm not worth paying, right? So that's my thought. That's why I don't pitch triad. It's there in case somebody's interested, but I don't pitch it. I don't feel that I should need to do it. When I was on YouTube, I didn't feel the need to, I'll say even beg for likes or subscribe this or whatever, because I felt, okay, if I'm good enough, they're going to do it on their own. If I'm not good enough, they're not going to do it. Okay, that means I got to step it up. And I would consistently work To improve the video quality, improve the audio quality, improve the quality of the content, add some structure, add some layers. Ultimately, I'm a podcaster. The YouTube is just an extension, was an extension. It wasn't ever going to be something I was going to consistently do for that reason. It was really just an extension show for updates and things. And it worked well in that regard. Podcast is what I do. Podcast is what I enjoy doing and will continue to do until I can no longer do it. Who knows when that will be. So all I'm saying is, I had to learn when I hit my rock bottom, and it truly was rock bottom. I had to learn what the hustle meant, and I had to learn how to step it a little bit different than what I was doing. And when I learned that what I was doing wrong, I'm not suggesting it's easy to go a different route. I am suggesting that if you're forking $25,000 on a weekly basis to do a live video on YouTube, I think you're getting ripped off. I think even if you were to freaking ask, let's say, you know, Conrad Thompson, you know, adfreeshows.com. I don't think even he would have that level of expense. And he's probably got one of the more high-end setups. I, I, I'd i be shocked. So that's my message. I, I stand by that. For everybody else out there, I believe cryptocurrency is going to go on a pretty strong run as soon as we get past all these tinfoil events that keep happening. I believe that some of the people in cryptocurrency that do coverage right now, they're gonna be forced to change. They're gonna be forced to switch what they're doing. They're not gonna be able to keep doing the same thing they were doing. They're not gonna be able to keep on, you know, skipping fundamental type things. And some of them are gonna just go after the crap that's out there and that's perfectly okay, no problem. I don't think it's sustainable. I think at some point they're going to have to deal with reality checks in crypto because there's it's easier to rip people off than it ever has been before. And I would not want anybody listening to me to get ripped off. That's why I'm always adamant when I see people getting ripped off about how ways to avoid getting ripped off. So all I ask, all I would ask, spread the word. If you think other people would benefit from what I'm sharing versus what they're likely hearing, spread the word. Because the more people that hear the right stuff, the better cryptocurrency will be overall. We're still going to have the kids say the word jeet, say the word kek. Can't get rid of them. But hopefully we can get smarter people that we can lead the pack, right? Lead the way forward to a better cryptocurrency for everybody. That's my dream. That's my goal.